Hello and welcome. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Lily. And this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. Bonnie should go first because <laughs> mine is probably worse. How many, <laughs> how many photos, Bonnie? Oh my goodness, I sound so like... Um, well-travelled. Travelled, yeah. Well, you are well-travelled. <laughs> yeah, well, reasonably. Clutter confession has to be yours, not someone else. Ah, yes. Don't go dobbing in your partners or your kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get a few of those, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome. This week we're talking about photo organisation. We're going to talk about different ways photos can be stored how to digitise your photos so you can share them with loved ones worldwide and why creating an organised photo system is well worth the initial time investment. You know, Bonnie, I think the biggest issue with photos that probably everyone could attest to at the moment is that we have so many, Mm. especially when it comes to our iPhones or our smartphones. We just are so snap happy like the other day, actually yesterday, I took some Polaroids with a friend and we were so intentional about every shot that we took because you know it's like expensive to print the film. Mm. But on like your iPhone or, you know, your device, when you take a photo, you can take as many as you like, find the absolute best favorite one and then delete the others, right? But what happens <laughs> is we're so busy and we don't delete the others and before we know it, we have a thousand duplicates. So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you've got access to your phone and you're not driving, Check it. Go in, open your photo app and see how many thousand photos you have because I bet there are more photos in there than you know what to do with. I agree. And this is like such a key issue for a lot of our clients at Little Miss Organized. And I've done so much digital organization this year and it has mainly revolved around how do I organize my photos because people are just so overwhelmed. But before we get into today's episode, we have a little competition that we Ah. should share with people. Yay, competition time. <laughs> no, no one could see anything. I mean, if they're not listen, if they're not watching it on YouTube, it just was radio silence. <laughs> <laughs> just know that my arms were very excitedly in the air. Yes. <laughs> so Bonnie, tell the listeners about our competition. Okay, so we've got an amazing competition where you can win one of three $50 Howard Storage World vouchers. And all you need to do to get an entry into that competition is send us an audio file of your listener question or your clutter confession and for every clutter confession or every listener question you send in you'll get an extra entry into the draw and if you're thinking what's a clutter confession what's a listener question well a clutter confession is where you confess something weird wacky or wonderful that you have kept we've had lots of things over the last 50 or so episodes where it could be anything from you know, baby hospital bracelets to animal skulls to um, paraphernalia for a sporting team. What is it that you have kept and is really sentimental to you, but is maybe a little bit strange for someone else? And the listener question is basically any question you have for us about help with decluttering or organizing your home, something particular to a particular space in your house. Try and keep it specific and we'll do our best to answer your listener question on an upcoming episode. Okay, so that's our competition and that's going to run uh, until the end of July. So make sure that you head over to our Facebook page and send us your audio file, clutter confession or your listener questions there. 
Okay, Bonnie, so I think it's absolutely fitting. We're obviously going to be talking about photos in their physical form and their digital form, but I'm interested to know how many digital photos are in your main album, your big album on your iPhone. Can you check it to me right now? Oh, that's a really... And for those of you who are listening in, Bonnie and I normally record together, but today, just because of the way life has happened, she's actually up the coast and I'm back here down in Brizzy. And so we're doing this recording over Zoom, which feels just really fitting. So I can't actually tell if she's going to be telling you the truth or not. But um, I'll go first because actually, no, Bonnie... Bonnie should go first because mine is probably worse. How many how many photos, Bon? Um, okay, so there's three thousand one hundred and eleven photos and seven hundred and forty eight videos. Ooh, awesome. I'm really curious. If, for those of you listening at home, jump into the uh, Little Home Organized community group and let us know how many photos you've got. I have 7,044, mm. 7,044 too many if you ask me. <laughs> and then I have, because I do so many TikTok videos, how many videos do you think I have, Bonnie? Oh, probably almost as many. <laughs> 754. Wow. Wow. Yeah, lots of videos, lots of videos. And that's lots of space being chewed up on my phone with photos that I couldn't even tell you were in there. And that's what happens is when we end up with so many photos spread out everywhere. It's like the old thing we always say about if everything's special, nothing's special. Great. Lots of photos, lots of memories. Awesome. But if you don't have them in an organized system and you can't just like scan through and enjoy those memories, you end up sitting there and swiping through seven versions of the same photo when people are pulling slightly different. Faces, you can't decide which one you're going to keep, and then you're like, oh, "I'll get back to that," and and we don't because we're busy and we can't be bothered. So yeah. today's episode is going to be great if you can relate to any of the above. <laughs> I think the first thing that I see is the problem when it comes to our digital photos and our smartphones and our devices is that it's so easy to just hold that button down and it take a whole series of shots for us, and then you're right, we don't go back and spend that time actually deleting the bad ones. They just kind of stay there, and then all of a sudden, life goes on. And, you know, six or 12 months later, our phone says, you know, you're out of storage, like you've got to upgrade or whatever. And it's like, oh, now I have to go through and do some decluttering of my photos. Whereas if in the first place we were intentional, like you're saying with the Polaroid, then we wouldn't actually have to go back and kind of double handle and and go through and delete all the dodgy ones. Yeah, doing it at the time is a really cool habit and then it means that it's not going to be as big of an issue at the end when you're suddenly having to spend a few hours trawling through photos. And, you know, digital is not the only way to organise photos and I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to this episode who have still got lots of hard copy photos and would like to know how to organise them. So let's have a quick kind of run through of what are the other ways that we can actually store our photos well first things first is the traditional photo album right yeah absolutely in fact our parents are downsizing and they just started offloading a bunch of photos um back to us as they get ready for um smaller living and yeah we all had an album each from that documented kind of our childhood I think and they then had four. Different photos that were in frames on their walls that they've decided to pass back on to us now as well so yeah lots of physical photos in photo albums and photo frames and photo frames are great like i think even in the age of digital it's nice to have things in frames or up on your wall because that's where you get to physically see those beautiful memories every day. Yeah, and I one of the things we do in our family, we have a digital frame for my husband and every it sits in the garage and every Father's Day I update it with more recent photos of our kids. And, you know, it just scrolls through these couple of hundred photographs all the way back from when they're babies and stuff and it's on permanently and he loves it. Like it is 
it is something that really lights up his day when he's pottering around in the garage because, you know, men don't get to do that all that often sometimes when they're busy dads with, you know, young families and working a lot. But he just absolutely loves being able to just have those photos scrolling through on a regular basis and kind of reminiscing while he's pottering around, you know, doing his Lord knows what sorting screws and stuff like they tend to do. I think another one, um, if you're like crafty and you're old school too, similar to a photo album is you might be throwing some of your photos in like a scrapbooking style. Yeah, like creative memories or something like that. I remember doing learning to do that when I was a teenager. Mum was getting into it and so she took me along and at that time our grandpa had just turned 75 and so the very first page that I scrapped book was a celebration for his 75th birthday and I did a whole bunch as a teenager like I I probably ended up doing you know maybe 40 pages or something but I could not imagine the time spent to do that now like there's just there's just no way so many photos. Yeah, it's just and because now that we're taking photos on digital devices rather than having photos that are automatically printed out. I mean, this is 20 years ago, like it was so much easier to have those photos. You'd pick them up from the shop and you know, you'd get your roll <laughs> roll of developed photos and then you could scrapbook them, but now because they're digital, you have to go to that extra effort of printing them or going to the shop to get them printed and then scrapbooking them and I just think oh, I just don't have the time and and also I don't go back and look at them once they're scrapbooked either. Yeah, isn't that interesting? We have a few photo books from our honeymoon and some of our earlier travels. Occasionally they're in my like blanket box with the intention of eventually being, you know, coffee table book, but they, I very rarely look at them. But when I do, it, it, I like the way it's like really intentional. You open it up and it's like, these are the key moments from that trip mm. all in one place. Um, and I can share this with friends when they come over, if they're like, oh, what was it like when you were in Canada? What was it like when you were in the States? What was it like when you were in New Zealand? You know, what was yeah. it like on your honeymoon in Europe or whatever it was? <laughs> My goodness, I sound so like... Um, well-traveled. Traveled, yeah. <laughs> well, you are well-traveled. <laughs> yeah, well, reasonably. It's it's just like a really cool way to be like, hey, yeah, you can like just flick through this and share my experience mm. a little more user friendly, perhaps. And we'll jump into this next, I'm sure, is, you know, comparing, you know, hard copy and digital. But the thing that I like about like a photo book like that is it's so nice for them to sit down and open it compared to me being like, oh, hey, you can sit down on my computer and open my computer file and look through my photos from that trip. It's like a bit more user friendly to like yeah. share that experience in a way. Yeah. So I definitely think that's a, per- a perk of the photo book. We should talk about that. Let's talk about the pros and cons. Yeah, definitely. I think in terms of photo books, it's funny because I was just thinking I love the idea of photo books and for particular trips and and things like that it is really good but I know I've seen so many photo books where people have just because you can choose whatever photos you want to go in there there are some photographs that you choose at the time and you think they're really funny or they you know represent a great memory and then you look back on them five years later and you go why did I take that photo why is that photo (laughs) in the photo book like you weren't all that intentional about which Mm -hmm. ones you actually picked out and I think with with things like scrapbooking and the big life journal and even the photo books we can kind of put ourselves into a rut where we feel like we have to do it like say you start with baby number one doing a photo book for every year of their life I mean that's when does that stop does it stop when they're 18 does it stop when you get to baby number three and you just don't have the time anymore like I think sometimes we really need to set ourselves up for success rather than setting up these kind of perfectionistic expectations that we really just can't manage when when life gets busy. The other thing I think about with physical copies of 
photos versus digital copies of photos is both require really organized systems, right? Mm. If you want to have a bunch of digital photos, ideally you have them backed up somewhere and you have them sorted and categorized in a way that it's really easy to just open a folder and see all the folders within it and navigate to the photo that you're looking for, the trip you're looking for, the memories you're looking for. And your physical photos need to be like that as well. And I think what can often happen is we get really excited about an, an event and the memories that are made and we take lots of happy snaps, be it digital or then getting them printed. And we then have to do the next step. Otherwise, it becomes chaotic. Mm. And that is putting them all into some kind of system digitally or some kind of system physically. And I think what can often happen, and I'm sure you can attest to this from your personal experience with professional organizing so many families for like 10 years, is that you can end up with a huge pile of like the old Kodak little sleeves that have all the originals like in it and they haven't made it to the next destination of being organized Mm. in a photo album Mm. um, or a scrapbooking or anything like that. And so what I find so interesting about both of those situations is when we don't do that final step in getting things organized, we can't actually enjoy the memories the way we had hoped to by getting them printed or taking the photo in the first place. Yes. Like how could it possibly be easy to navigate those memories when you have piles of physical photos that you still need to short. Yeah. How can that be, you know, how can you go through those memories when you have a folder that you open that has 10,000 plus um, digital photos that are amazing memories that you'd love to like look back on, but there's no easy way to like navigate through that. And yeah, I just think it is so important. Photo organization, it's one of those things that photos are a way to capture the essence of life. And yet some of us, and myself included, we're not doing a really great job of getting that organized, whether it's digital in some cases or whether it's physical in some cases. It becomes, uh, I am on a rant now, but it is, it just, <laughs> no, it's no, I will admit it, it snowballs and yeah. it becomes like a bigger and bigger issue. And I think it's one of those decluttering areas where it can really feel like, oh, I don't even know where to begin with that. That has gotten so big and I'm overwhelmed. And I think that's, if we're moving on to, you know, digital versus hard copy, that's one of the real benefits of digital is that there are so many programs and like say you're an Apple phone user they will automatically create slideshows for you based upon your photos if you want them to or particular folders of photos so that way those photos are then getting circulated and seen a lot more easily rather than you having to manually flick through them. Now, the flip side of that is you do not want any inappropriate photos to show up on your computer in front of your children or your you know, in-laws or, or at a work function or something like that. So you've got to be careful yeah. about what photographs are obviously in there. But I think when it comes to doing slideshows and things like that, having them digital is so much easier and you know, when it, whether it's, you know, a silver wedding anniversary or a, a funeral or, you know, a wedding, it's so easy to put together those slideshows of photographs when they're already digitized because it's just literally, you know, a drag and paste sort of thing. And mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I'm, I'm very pro digital if you couldn't tell already, but I have really enjoyed over the last few years finding all my hard copy photos and actually getting them digitized and then being able to 
organize them and view them and share them with people worldwide. And that's probably one of the best things about the whole digitizing thing as well. If you've got people over in another country, loved ones that you want to share particular memories with, like we've got relatives in Holland who have come over and done trips around Australia and we've and we've done, you know, road trips with them and stuff. And you want to be able to share those photos with each other and have them download the ones that are important to them and, and things like that then you can do that so much more easily with digital stuff because with a hard copy, you have to pretty much, you know, get a second set printed and that can get expensive and then it can get wasteful, especially if they're a photograph that that person doesn't actually really want to keep. Yeah, well, you touched on something important there too, money, right? You pay to print photos Mm. and don't really pay with your phone unless you have so many on there that you need to upgrade. I was just thinking as well, like another real cool perk of going digital is that if you're trying to finally get organized, there are programs, apps and things that you can upload your photos into and it helps identify duplicates and things like that. Mm. So like there's these sorting systems that you can kind of take advantage of and I'm sure they they, they have some flaws as well. But like it's really cool. Like we live in the digital age. Like there are systems out there that help you get on top of your photos when they are digital. And I think while there are perks to both, digital just makes sense. I think physically holding photos and looking at photos, in my opinion, will always be a part of our life. And and I think it should be. Like there is something something about, you know, the sensory experience of touching and holding a photo. And, And I think we can do that when it comes to, you know, having a few photo frames around the house like that. But for the most part, I think going digital is a really positive way to uh, engage with these memories and to get things organized and be able to access those memories really fast and easy. Mm. So I think we should talk about how to get those photos digital, but maybe we should take a break. You've got mail. Okay, so today's listener question comes to us from Janet. Now, Janet says, hi, I'm Janet from Brisbane. Does the velvet from the flocked hangers come off over time or leave a black residue on your clothes? I like the idea of them, but they don't look like they will stay very nice for very long. Well, you can actually get the black velvet flocked hangers from lots of different places. And I think I just got mine from like Costco or something years ago. And I haven't had either of those issues, which is really good to know. But now that you can get them from a range of places, I I do wonder if the quality changes depending on where you buy them. I've invested in mine um, and they're from Kmart and I haven't had any issues with any of that. I've also not heard of that. The no. only the only thing that I think could potentially you know, pose an issue is if you're putting really wet clothing on them over a period of time and it was a certain type of material, potentially then some of the velvet would like rub on like, like, I don't know, like something sheer and white maybe, but I feel like it would have to be a pretty like unique situation for them to have an issue. Yeah. I have had people at workshops ask me about hanging wet stuff straight on a black velvet flocked hanger and if there is any issues and I've done that for years and never had any issues with residue coming off or the clothes getting stained or anything. I mean, yeah, you're right. It would have to be a really, really wet item that you are hanging up and maybe a particular type of fabric, but that's definitely not an issue that I've had. And also the other thing is you're not putting it on the hanger and then leaving that really wet hanger and item of clothing and shoving it into a cupboard. No, Like it's out there, it should be dried out before the next time. So I think with those things in mind, I don't think it should be an issue. So Janet, consider this your permission to finally go out and invest in some matching flocked hangers because they are great for keeping clothing from falling off. They're thin, everything matches nicely together and it will make your wardrobe look fabulous. And you will love it every day. And if you have a listener question, send it to us. You can DM us on social media or send us an email at podcast at littlehomeorganised.com. 
Okay, so we're talking about how to digitize your photos now. And you can do this yourself or you can outsource it. That, that's really, it, it comes down to those two different ways that you can do it. And I've done both. I tend to, when I have found a bulk load of hard copy photos, I've tended to outsource them then because the money that I invest in that is well worth me saving that time of having to do it myself. But when it comes to like individual photos that I might come across and especially creations and things that my kids have done that I want to scan and upload into the files, I will actually do that myself. So we'll talk about both ways um, and the pros and cons of each because I think there's room for both to kind of have, you know, a foot in the door. A lot of people will feel like they have to buy a particular photo scanner or they have to buy, you know, a flatbed scanner that you can feed automatically through and things like that to, to scan their photos in. But that's just not the reality anymore. Yeah, there are plenty of apps out there now that you can use to scan your photos using your phone. What do you use to scan photos into your phone? What app do you use? So I use Dropbox or Google Drive. If I want to take a photo of a physical photo mm-hmm. and then just scan it straight in. And, and there's also, you can even scan through, I think even your notes app, you can take photos now too on mm. your iPhone. Like more and more apps are like having um, good quality scanning features. I think something maybe to be mindful of is potentially one of those scanning printers or having it done professionally means that you may get a higher quality photo. I'm not 100% sure. But the quality photos that I seem to have just using my iPhone are fine with. I'm not blowing them up to be a billboard, so maybe they would become a bit pixelated at that point. But yeah, they work fine just using those kinds of apps like Dropbox or Google Drive. And I guess the best thing about those apps is, you know, it's a portable device. You can just have it on your phone. You don't need to have this bulky photo scanner or printer in in your home to be able to scan those photos in. And you can muck around with the settings. So you can make it a low, medium or high quality resolution image. And then you can do things like changing it to be black and white or, you know, colors. And and that's probably one of the best things about digital photos is how easily you can edit them and and change them up and highlight them and, and make them, you know, fun. Yeah, get creative, have a bit of fun. And like the other thing that I was thinking of when you were mentioning that was we're saying that in order to be more organized with your photos going forward, it's worthwhile when you take 10 photos going throughout the time and picking your favorite one and deleting the rest, right? So the cool thing about digital is if you're moving around and you're taking a bunch of different photos, you can deal with them right then and there as mm. opposed to having to wait till you come home. So Yeah, that's very true. I think the second way of you know, how to digitize your photos is that outsourcing. And you can just Google a company near you. We've used a particular company here in Brisbane for a long time, mostly because they were our in-laws neighbors. Um, and so we knew them and, and trusted them and they did a great price and a great job. But there are so many companies out there that can do that digitizing for you. And they can do things like your whole school photo. So when I was in high school, we had like a 25 oh, year. the big photo. Yeah, we had like a 25 year anniversary photograph of the whole school. Like I think at that point there wasn't a primary school. It was like grade, grade six, I think it was middle school to grade 12. And I mean, there was a lot of people. And yeah, I had this huge poster uh, photograph that I thought, how am I going to digitize this? Because I had been carrying it around in my memory box and it was laminated, which, you know, kept it in good nick. But there's just no way I needed it. Like how often do you yeah, look back at it's your... it's really big. Yeah, they're huge. And it was great because I could actually get it scanned in 
and then it got pieced together so that it was one file, you know, the front and then the back with all the names on it. And I actually was able to send it to the alumni from my old school who didn't have a copy of that 25-year photograph (laughs) for some reason. And I just thought, yeah, like this is – it's really a great thing to do. So – whether you do have photographs or you remember the glamour shots, you know, we, we got them printed and framed and we spent a huge amount of money on them in the 90s to, to get these glamour shots of our families or whatever framed. Get those digitised easily as well. You can get videos, slides, all sorts of things. So it's such an awesome thing when you do finally get them digitised because you can just look at them and share them so much more easily. And you can protect them from deteriorating, right? Because like in some photo books and things like that, when they've been in there for ages, they can get stuck to the clear protective yeah. covering over the top. They get like that weird yellowing acid wear and things like that. So like going digital in this way means that you might be protecting those memories from deteriorating where you can't actually like see the images anymore. Yeah, and I think especially if you have got photos from your family, so whether it's, you know, parents, grandparents or beyond, if those photos are digitized and they're actually part of something significant historically, you can share them with a local historical society far more easily in that digital form rather than being in the hard copy form. So there's just, yeah, there's so many pros to to going digital. But what I want to talk about lastly before we sign off for today is how do we actually do it how do we do it um because this is what what if you're someone listening right now and you're like yes i need a better digital organize i need a better digital organization system or i don't even have one what do i do yeah so first of all why do we need to spend the time setting up a good system well the most important thing is so that you can find the photo you're looking for when you want to find it okay and this is where digital can be so helpful or it can be so hindering so spend that initial time setting it up properly And the way we do this is we basically create a filing tree. And so when it comes to things like pictures, I will have a picture folder on my iCloud, for example, or my cloud-based storage because I use Dropbox. And then under that pictures folder, I've then just got all the pictures organized by year. So I think my earliest set of pictures might be 2001 or something like that. And then just inside each of those years, I will have all the events where there's multiple photos relating to a particular event, they're all in that folder. And then there are some single kind of loose leaf photos that might get floated around in that year. Or if, for example, I've taken a million individual photos of my toddler or my baby in that particular year, I might create a folder that's just for that child so that I can find all those individual photos of them quite easily. Yeah, I think that's one of the things where people get stuck is it's like, okay, how do I how do I order it? So you do years. Yeah, I do years because generally speaking, I mean, you've got the search function anyway, but generally speaking, you can look back and go, okay, like what year was that trip to Europe? Oh, that's right. It was that year. And, and if you can't remember, that's, that's where the, the search function is so important. And that's why labeling things is really, really important. And I don't know about you, what you do with your photos, but I don't actually label my individual photos. No, neither. That would be so fun. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like that's kind of a level of perfection that I just don't have time for. And maybe one day I'll go and do it. But at the moment, I feel like putting them in an event folder is kind of enough. But if you did want to do like an individual label per photo, you might have like a 
2013 Europe folder, for example, and then each of the photos is 2013 Europe number one, one. number yeah. two, that kind of thing. So I, I'm slightly different to you in the sense that I don't do years per se. Mm-hmm. What I do is I kind of do like themes. So like for me, I would put like when I was traveling, I worked at a camp over a few summers. And so I would have the name of the camp as the folder. Mm-hmm. So it would be like Gwyn Valley and then I'd open it and then it would be like 2014, 2015 summer, mm. 2016 summer. And because that's how like my, my brain, when I'm looking for those photos, would look for Gwyn Valley specifically. Yeah. But no, no matter which way I think you choose to do it, you just need to be consistent. You need to label. You need to make sure that the, the logic of the way your tree, your folder tree works, yeah. makes sense. So that when you make it and then go back to it a year or two later when you decide to do a big revise of it or what have you, it all still makes sense. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that you file them a bit differently because I actually started off with a little bit of a different system where I had things by years for events, but then I also had like individual photos and they were divided up kind of by family. So my family, my husband's family, and then like, um, you know, individual couples and, and kids and stuff. And I just found that that got too convoluted as the years went Mm -hmm. past and, you know, nieces and nephews turned into teenagers and things like that. So that's why I've actually gone back to, no, this is all just – getting organized by year and then by event because then I can search quite easily. Yeah, and I think it's about figuring out what works what works best for you. Like the way you did it before you went back sounds really good if someone has like a big event coming up a surprise party and you want to be like, "Oh, going to look up their name and all these photos of them done." You know, yeah. as opposed to like going through the years. So I think there's pros and cons doing it either way. So the other thing I think that's a real perk of doing this digital system of course is that once those things are all sorted, like I was just saying, it's really easy to just share and be like, here's grandma's 80th photos, everybody. Here's a Dropbox link. Go check it out. Yeah, and then people can download the ones that are relevant for them rather than feeling like they've got to, you know, keep all of them. It's just – it's definitely the way of the future. I mean, I love digital photo organisation. It is just super awesome. I get so overwhelmed when, like, someone takes, like, a whole bunch of snaps and then they they airdrop them or send them all to me and they're like, just pick the ones you like. And I do it too. I admit, I do it to other people too. But I'm like, oh, I don't want to look through 30 photos. Just send me the ones that I'm in or just send me the ones that are Or just send me the best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we all do it, isn't it? You know? Well, it's funny because... We're all so busy and we don't want to deal with with, um, photo (laughs) organisations. It is funny because when I have done that and I've taken photos and, you know, friends have said, oh, can you send me those photos because it's got all of our kids in it or something, I will actually go through and for myself pick the best ones, edit those and delete the others and then only send through those, you know, three to five good ones rather than sending Mm -hmm. through all of them. Usually, but it depends if I have the time, I suppose. Yeah, it just really depends how lazy I'm feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Bonnie, what's this week's party task for digital photo organisation? Okay, so the first step is to uh, declutter and sort your hard copy photos. And if you are outsourcing someone digitizing your photos, what's a really good thing to do is to stick an event in an envelope or in a plastic sleeve with a a title on it. So it might be 2013 Europe. And that way, when that person is digitizing those photos for you, they can automatically stick them into a folder labeled 2013 Europe, because that just makes it so much easier for you to sort on the other end rather than having 7,000 individual photos that have got no kind of order to them. Second step is obviously to digitize them. So whether you do this yourself or whether you outsource 
course that that's the second step. Um, third step is to set up your photo filing system. So whether you do something like what you're talking about with the themes of folders as the top of your filing tree or whether you do the years like I do, just set up your folders system so that you can just kind of drag and drop things into it once the digitizing is done. And then the last step is share them and enjoy them because you've worked hard to get them organized and it's really important that you actually enjoy looking at them now. And I want to add in the most difficult step that you'll need to do at some point through there and that is you will need to cull the digital ones you already have. Let's be real. I don't need 7,044 photos on my phone because I couldn't even tell you what half those photos are. (laughs) Sounds like we uh, need to do a little challenge in the Little Home Organized Community Group, a photo decluttering challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For June, it was uh, junk drawer June. So people going through their junk drawers and trying to get on top of them. So there's always there's always a competition happening in the LHO community group. So feel free to check us out on Facebook. But a reminder as well, we've got a competition going on. So if you'd like to go in the drawer to win a Howard Storage World voucher, all you need to do is one of two things. One, send us a clutter confession or two, send us a listener question. And every time you send us one, to get an extra draw in. And I think I should put a disclaimer out there too, Bonnie, that the clutter confession has to be yours, not someone else's. Ah, yes. Don't go dobbing in your partners or your kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get a few of those, don't we? <laughs> yeah. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We know how busy life can be. So thank you for lending us your ears. And remember, progress, not perfection. See you later. Bye. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Head over to the Little Home Organised community group on Facebook, ask questions, find motivation and share your before and afters. And if you enjoyed the show, please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world.